Welcome back to week six. Uh, we're back here at the Caveman Corner, and we're going to talk once again about the recent NFL action, uh, everything going on with John Gruden, uh, referees, crap in the bed, uh, obviously lots more with the having uh, the, the recent week having passed. Uh, what, what do we think of this recent week of football here, Riley? Well, I mean, first things first, I don't want to kind of beat everyone over the head with the John Gruden takes. I mean, I'm sure you've probably heard the same recycled information about John Gruden from all the big networks. Uh, we'll just give our, our input. I'm actually uh, about to break down into tears thinking about those emails he sent. <laughs> all right, go ahead. What, what do you got to say? <laughs> no, that's it. That's all. You didn't see Randy Moss crying when he saw the uh, when he saw the emails? I didn't. What, is he crying like love laughter? <laughs> no, I think he was legitimately... Uh, legitimately crying over the emails apparently so uh, obviously it affects different people in different ways well i didn't see the full emails but um i mean obviously some of this shit should not be said and it's pretty hilarious that these guys in the nfl aren't smart enough not to say that over email like it just it's ridiculous that something that's so easily traceable would be uh would be used by these guys saying. I mean, we're we're, cave, we're the the caveman corner. I, I mean, the guys in the NFL are the actual cavemen. I don't think they understand that. Uh, <laughs> well, it'd be like the scene in Zoolander where it's like they're trying to get the information off the off the computer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty stupid to message from a personal email to you, your your friends official NFL email. Uh, I don't think he realized that. Obviously, that could be pulled. And the funny part is, I mean, it was pulled as part of the. The Washington football team investigation into ah. Dan Snyder. So it's not like they were looking for John Gruden. They just kind of ran into it as part of the 500,000 emails they went through. I actually didn't know that. You I get, thought it would have caught in the crossfire. I thought it would have been like a whistleblower. It's pretty funny, too, because they only released the uh, Michelin tire comment. And then it kind of, I feel like they, they weren't willing to fire John Gruden over that. But then just email after email was leaked. Well, it was the NFL. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll end with the John Gruden stuff here. It was the NFL who leaked the emails. They had told the Raiders, hey, yeah. you got to get rid of them. We're going to drop this email. And when they didn't, they dropped more and more until eventually it's like, oh, who, who knows what else? <laughs> Maybe they didn't even release. I'm sure they released probably the worst stuff. Well, I got to say, in all those ridiculous emails that were dropped, there was some. There was one that was absolute gold. John Gruden saying he's an anti-football pussy is an absolute bar. I love that, and I'm actually going to use that more often because I feel like there is a lot of people in the NFL, uh, Roger Goodell included, that can be kind of an anti-football. Well, pussy. he did call. It was Roger Goodell. Yeah, it was, uh, that, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't want Roger Goodell to come down and. Uh, it, it was that one, and there was one where he told the Bucks owner to suck his dick or something like that. <laughs> Just something completely outlandish and out there. Uh, well, I mean, John- I mean, in every every pile of shit, you know, there's a there's a silver lining, and, and and in this huge pile of shits that were these emails, he he nailed that one, the anti football pussy. Yeah, facts. Well, John Gruden is uh, currently unemployed now, so maybe uh, maybe we get him a job in the caveman corner. You know, toss him some manscape gear, <laughs> get an extra third member of the team. I think we get a huge uh, viewer boost from the alt right audience. <laughs> uh, maybe that's exactly what we need to get this exactly. going here. Bunch of cavemen following the caveman corner. Uh, yeah, moving away from John Gruden, uh, I well, guess we, we could talk quickly before we move into our cave-in and shoot to the week. How did you do last week? No, actually, I wanted to bring it up talking about anti-football pussy. I wanted to talk about that call in the KC-Buffalo game, the roughing the passer on uh, Josh Allen. That is an anti-football pussy move right there by the ref. That was not a roughing the passer, and in that key moment, calling something that borderline, is ridiculous. I thought, I think you nailed it with your last word. I think it was a borderline call. I'm not sure if and it when was, I would have called not. it, but I think the situation they called it, the game was getting out of hand. Chiefs get that stop on the third down. They're back in it. Uh, the, the Bills would have been punting from their own head zone. It really, in actuality, it kind of took them out of the game, right? It was the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I was at that point, I was still saying anything could happen, especially with Mahomes, but, you know, getting that automatic first down from the roughing the passer just kind of iced everything. Kind of killed what was going to be a fun uh, Sunday nighter, but exactly. I, I sorry. Do you have anything else you want to say on that one? Well, I was going to say if if going into the playoffs, if they're making calls like that, my head is going to fucking explode. Like I cannot handle that in playoff football. Yeah. So hopefully these refs have some sort of meetings. I know they're cracking down on shit, but that should not be called in key moments, especially in the playoffs. I've right. actually got a theory on this. Okay, this go is, on. It's called the Ed Hockley theory. <laughs> that guy is ripped. Yeah, that's that's my theory. Deuce Gruden, shout out. Yeah, shout out Deuce Gruden. Not not fired. Still with the still with the Raiders. Uh, my Ed Hockley theory is that you know. Refs, you know, growing up, they saw Ed Hockley, how, how jacked and admired he was. And everyone started hitting the weight room. And, you know, maybe they didn't spend enough time on the books. 
I think all the uh, uh, all the muscles and and the, and the ma- and you know all the power in the body is going to the uh, the, the upper upper arms and the upper chest, and uh, they're lacking in the head department. So I think what they once had in uh, brains, they've sacrificed for brawn. Quite the theory, honestly. Though I feel like if they're just a bunch of meatheads, they would allow it. They just be you'd be <laughs> allowing any sort of roughing the passers. You could like attack quarterbacks' knees. I feel like that'd be a meathead guys, move. I'm telling you, all the all the refs are jacked now. You guys got to spend more. We want the nerd refs. Bring those guys back. And uh, kind of segueing from the uh, the Chiefs Buffalo game. I'm going to go right into my Chooch of the Week. Oh, hold on. Before we move to Chooch of the Week, I, I did want to speak a little bit. It was redeemed a little bit by a great Monday night game. That was an awesome game. What a what yep. a great comeback by the Ravens. And, and a big fuck you from Lamar Jackson to everyone that said he couldn't throw the football because he was dialing it up that he night. Other than the first quarter when they punted a few times. Yeah, the Chris Moore go off. Who the fuck is Chris Moore? Marquise Brown going off. Mark well, Andrews going off. Man, a hell of a game. Uh, I'll let you I'll let you transition now. I just wanted to touch on... I thought it was a, a good Sunday of action. Uh, and that mo- the Monday night are definitely redeemed a, a pretty disappointing Sunday night. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's just recency bias from my perspective, but I feel like all the... Uh, all the primetime games this year have been phenomenal. Like, besides maybe... Uh, we've been saying that every week, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's been crazy. I, again, maybe recency bias, but I've, I've loved the primetime slates of games, and I've won some fucking money on them, so uh, let's keep it rolling. But yeah, I was going to talk, because we talked about the uh, Bills-Chiefs game. My chooch of the week is going to be a little different. You know, we've given it to coaches. We've given it to uh, just random players. But this one, I am going to give it to Brittany and Jackson Mahomes. You know, a little out there. You know, we got the wife of Patrick Mahomes and the the little brother of of uh, Patrick Mahomes, but just absolute jokes. Like Brittany was just complaining all over Twitter, just making it all about ourselves. I don't know if people realize this, but a uh, big big complaints were going the past couple of years about Chiefs getting all the calls their way. And I know it goes it goes back and forth, but I mean, it, it, of course, when it, now it's not working in your favor, then you're going to complain. And Jackson Holmes, ah, like this guy is just an absolute mess, pouring water on people in the stands. He's making the ultimate cringe suspect hit talks. Uh, just making these two, making it all about them when clearly Patrick Mahomes is the $100 million man. I mean, uh, I think big, John Gruden's got you on his payroll, man, talking yeah. about Jackson Mahomes. What, did he? I didn't, I didn't even hear about that. No, I'm just... But if, if I were if I were to compare Jackson Mahomes to anyone, it would be like the cheerleaders from Longest Yard, you know? <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the worst thing that could happen is Brucey coming in there, bringing them into the uh, the side room and, uh, you know, showing a little wrestling move. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Uh, maybe I don't follow Jackson Mahomes uh, TikTok close enough, but uh, I've saw, I saw one and that was enough for me and I, I, I steer clear and I enjoy it. <laughs> yes. I, enjoy, I enjoy Patrick Mahomes without having to worry about what his wife and brother are up to. Honestly, I, I probably should have followed your lead on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just steer clear from that one. But uh, you want to drop your chooch of the week? Yeah, I mean, typically I like to start with the caveman of the week, but sure, we'll start with the uh, the bad performance. I'm going with every NFL kicker this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably uh, a little bit of a dick move to pick on every single one of them, but I think there was an NFL record of, it was either 15 or 16 missed, not field goals, I think it was convert attempts or something like that this week. It was something insane like that, or maybe it was kicks in total, but there was a ton of missed convert attempts, and the Packers-Bengals game in particular, I'll single that one out, was the funniest segment of game i think i've ever seen yeah, uh it nice. was if you look at the drive series when it shows you like you know score punt whatever it was miss field goal miss field goal miss field goal miss field goal <laughs> missed extra point it, it wasn't like there were long field goals too there, these are like some of them are like chip shots i think there was uh you know uh, maybe a long one mixed in there uh but uh i think that the what the, the cherry on the, on the cake of missed field goals was the bengals kicker Missing wide left and then celebrating, thing it went oh in. Oh my! And he got God. he got lifted up by his holder, and Hilarious. then he, he looked in kind of like horror when he's like, "Oh, well, how I did didn't f- make it." How did five <laughs> different people fall for it too. There was like five of them celebrating. Yeah, it was uh, it was bad. Mason Crosby finally decided to ice the game after what was it's pretty much a death sentence for any fan. Uh, I don't know if there's any. The, gra- the Grammatica brothers are rolling in their grave watching this. <laughs> I don't know if there's any red zone fans too, but it was probably the most exciting time to watch missed field goals because Scott Hansen was fucking losing it. Anytime there was a missed field goal, oh, not again. He just loses mind. I love Scott Hansen. Love NFL red zone. And honestly, I love kickers missing. It's it's enjoyable. If you, I mean, if you don't like red zone, you don't have a soul. But yeah, I'll, I'll, like I said, hand out the chooch of the week to every single NFL kicker because you all bear the brunt of this blame for all these missed kicks. Except Young Hoku will forgive you. <laughs> uh, in terms of my caveman of the week, I'll move right to that. I'll move up to the man who filled the stat sheet like no other. 
I'm talking, of course, Kadarius Tony. I wouldn't give him the Caveman of the Week simply for having a lot of catches and a lot of yards, which he absolutely did. Uh, had that one play where he gave Diggs the work and beat him inside, went back out. Uh, more so, this is about stuffing the stat sheet. I love that as a Caveman. So he had all those catches. He had 190 yards with the backup quarterback, but he also had a headbutt to his teammate on the sideline where he hit him in the face. A staff member, I think. Yeah, a staff member, something. I think it was like a teammate on the practice squad. Maybe it was a staff member. It was kind of, it was just really weird. He was on the sideline angry, and then he got up and headbutted the guy by accident. I don't think he even noticed he did it. Love it. Love it. Uh, then he also punched a cowboy in the face. I think it was former Falcon DeMonte Casey. Uh, once DeMonte Casey pushed down his guy. Uh, and then and then finally, to end it off, we you know, we couldn't just end with a head, headbutt and a punch to an opponent in 190 yards. Uh, he got carted off the field after the game, after he had headbutt or after he had punched the guy. Kind of didn't make any sense, and now he's questionable going into this next game. That is um, pretty hilarious. I actually did not know he got carted off. Yeah, it was it was really a roller coaster of emotions uh, for Kadarius Tony in this game. Well, bring, uh, bringing and, that up uh, in, in caveman fashion, uh, I don't condone getting into random fights, but if you do, that headbutt a deadly move. You know, if you're if you're looking for uh, a knockout punch, maybe think about the headbutt. Unless you're on the football field, because then uh, you know a helmet to helmet might not really do much. Uh, <laughs> but I I do just want to add, you got to go the 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 palm below the face mask of the helmet. Again, don't condone it, but it, it's a pretty lethal move. We'll, we'll let Kadarius Tony know for next game. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's the perfect replacement to Odell Beckham Jr. in New York. Uh, they were missing with the Giants, you know, a, a bit of a diva who's really talented. Uh, Kadarius Tony's only done it for two weeks in a row now. Let's see if he can keep it rolling. I was a fan. I do think at some point, the way he cuts, like somebody somebody made a comment, like this guy could be the... the the tag champion of the world, the way he moves around and cuts because it makes no sense. It looks like he tears his ACL every time he makes a move, but the way he's bending, it looks like Neo from the Matrix. So I hope for the, I hope the best for you, Tony. Hell of a game, hell of an entertainer. Well, if he does tear your ACL, I'm going to put 100% of the blame. You just jinxing him right now. So. Uh, I, if, if, you know, if the caveman corner is really the thing that did it, uh, I apologize to the Giants fans. Well, I'll go with my caveman of the week and, uh, I was in between two people. Uh, I'm going to go Alexander Madison. You know, it's it's not easy to fill the shoes of a starting running back. And this guy went in for arguably a top three running back in Dalvin Cook two weeks in a row. And he's looked phenomenal. This guy. Whoa, is it the caveman of the two weeks or the caveman of the week? No, I'm, I'm just saying it, it's not easy to fill in for Dalvin Cook. And this guy's looked great. Arguably better than Dalvin Cook. Obviously not. He's not skill-wise, but production-wise. And this guy's on a contract year. He's obviously playing paying playing for that big contract and i think he's going to get it because uh i believe he will be a starting quarter or a starting running back for a team eventually i agree he'll be a starting running back he's i think madison's shown he could do it i just don't know if this is the week i would have given him caveman of the week i mean his fumble did pretty much it, it was about to cost them the game luckily they drove down the field with what was it 15 seconds left and made the 55 I mean, yarder dan campbell's got those boys coached up in Detroit. oh for sure but any, uh any you, good- you can't you can't fumble the ball in that situation though yeah, again, won me some money. He's the caveman. Honestly, I'm just going to give caveman of the week to people win me money. It's going to be the made rally money of the week. <laughs> Pretty much. I actually wanted to uh, introduce a new segment. Might be just be this week, but I love a good greaser. And this week, I have to announce a greaser of the week. And uh, I got to give it to you. Uh, uh, going back to that Lamar Jackson game, Jack Doyle. I don't know if you remember the play. This guy went and saw the defender, literally put his hand in his face into the ground, the refs didn't see it. The defender got up and, and, you know, gave him a little business. Defender got called. 15-yard penalty. That looked like it actually might seal the game. Obviously, the rest is history. But Jack Doyle almost single-handedly greased the Colts into a win against the Ravens. That was uh, very much a soccer-esque play. He's clearly been watching his, uh, you know, his European soccer. I, uh, to our loyal caveman followers, I'm actually going to be honest with you. Uh, Rally did not inform me. We were picking a greaser of the week, so I did not select one. Uh, but I will be sure in the future, or either in the future, keep it in the mind, or or potentially, you know, maybe I'll just post it on IG. I'll pick after this podcast, and I'll let you know who I pick as that <laughs> as that greaser of the week. I don't think anyone can top Jack Doyle's greasiness because that was that was a big greasy move. That was the, the Republic of Doyle at it there. I mean, that was uh, it almost won them the game. I uh, still ended up losing, but Jack Doyle definitely almost snuck one by there. All right, well, uh, I guess we'll move on. Oh, right? But before we move into our records, I do want to say, because uh, we wanted to start moving into the sell our soul bets of the week uh, in terms of our streak. Yep. Both of us actually won last week. So we had the Kyle Pitts 43.5 uh, plus anytime touchdown. 
if you actually waited till game time to make that bet, the, the pits line moved up to 63 yards because of the Ridley uh, Ridley injury or him not traveling with the team. I ended up hitting both those anyway. So if you made that, you hit. Uh, Riley, if you want to talk about yours, I believe it hit too. So yeah, I had James Robinson over on rushing yards and the anytime touchdown. And you know, these these were not pussy bets. You know, we, we parlayed it with the anytime touchdown. So pretty much 20 bucks won us, uh, I think about 55, something around that. Yeah, it was. Uh, they were good bets. Uh, I mean, these are bets maybe you don't win every week, but so far we're both undefeated since we started keeping track. So we're going to consider ourselves 1-0 uh, in terms of the seller soul bets of the week. We, we still have our souls. Okay, so yeah, well, let's talk about our, our records from last week. So burn the tape week for me. I went 6-9-1. Mitchell went 8-7-1, and, and the coin went 8-7-1. So on the season, I'm 42-37-1. Mitchell is 45-34-1. And and Slowly gaining that lead. And one. Uh, I mean... I think I, I think I, I got to worry about you less than you have to worry about the coin. That I coin's mean, trailing on you. We uh, we almost got in a little uh, little shouting match before the podcast because I went 2-0 and on my over-under predictions, and Mitchell went 0-1. And and I, I was kind of gloating in his face. Oh, I don't even fucking care about the over-unders. I don't pay attention to that shit. I appreciate your Mitch voice, uh, but I, I'm currently not counting my over-unders. I will make those more so as... Uh, you know, something to throw in there, something a little sprinkle. So, so Mitchell, if you're not going to pay attention, not look into it, why the fuck would anyone listen to your opinion? Uh, because I have a better record than you. I'm for over/unders, no, you don't. I I actually have a better record on the season. Okay, so just pay attention to your actual season picks, but not your over/under, right? Yeah, follow my season picks, everyone. When I make over/under uh, comments, I'm just making comments. Uh, <laughs> sell my soul bets of the week. Roll with me. I want to know, baby, and we're gonna keep it rolling this week. Absolutely. Moving on to the sell my soul bet of the week, I'm gonna go with Kenneth Gainwell, running back for the Philly Eagles. Why would I pick him? You ask. I'll tell you why. First off, I love betting on primetime games because it gives me something, you know, a little extra extra interesting to watch in that game. Love that a little bit. Uh, here's the other reason. Miles Gaskin had, what was it, 10 catches on 14 targets last week against the Bucks. The thing with the Eagles is they're not even really trying to run the ball this year with Miles Sanders, even though he's a bit of a talent. They've been using Gainwell as that pass catching back. I have a feeling if they're not running the ball all year, even with their talent, why are you going to try to run the ball against the Bucs, who are one of the top rundies in the league? They're not going to try, in my opinion. They're going to try passing the ball, and that guy will be Gainwell. I'm going to go with the over on receptions. I'm also going to go with an anytime touchdown. Another parlay for you guys. Uh, and I think that one could hit for some extra money and a little something to watch during that primetime game tonight. That is a big balls move. So you don't have the actual number on hand? Uh, the catches? I had it. I, I apparently didn't bring it with me. I think it was only. I think it was three and a half. It was either two and a half or three and a half. Uh, but I'm I'm going to go with the over regardless. Miles Gaskin had ten catches last week, so uh, I think I think uh, Gamewell will go over. I mean, again, to segue from those uh, primetime picks, I'm actually going to go with a primetime pick as well. This is one of those players. I actually fucking hate him. I think he's pretty bad, but I just can't imagine he goes the whole season uh, a dud. I'm gonna go Ronald Jones over on rushing yards. His his. Let me let me guess, ask you. What would you guess his uh, his rushing prop is right now for this game against the Eagles? Uh, well, he's getting what uh, about a series a game? I would guess maybe about eighteen. Twelve and a half is over under set at for rushing yards. I just can't imagine that the Bucks don't employ a heavy rushing attack against the Eagles. I got to go the over on 12 and a half. And I'm sure if you wanted to parlay with uh, any time touchdown, you'll get a ridiculous number for that. I don't, I don't, I don't think I have the balls to do it this okay. week. I'm just going to go uh, the over 12 and a half. I, I already put, uh, I think. Throw a, little, throw a little something on here for the fan. That's a okay, boring well, bet. Well, going, uh, if you want another primetime one, I was looking at uh, Jalen Hurts. I mean, the rushing props going up and up. But I think it was over... Uh, I think 47 rushing yards. I'm going the over on that. I think Jalen Hurts will have the wow. over. Obviously, people will talk about the Bucks are good good at stopping the run, but it's completely different when you're talking about a, a scrambling quarterback. I think Jalen Hurts is going to get out of the pocket. He's going to call his own number more than you think, and I'm going to go with the over on rushing yards. With okay, so we're, we're, we're going to make, just to be clear, our gain well over on the catches with gain well touchdown, and you're going to go Hurts rushing yards parlayed with Ronald Jones rush yards. Sure. And so pretty much we're just sticking to the Thursday game tonight. I mean, fuck, why not? All right, fair enough. Well, at least we got something to watch for the Thursday night game. Uh, before we move on to the actual slate of games, anything else you want to get off your chest there, or are we good to go? No, I'm good to go. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about these upcoming games. I'm sure I'll think of stuff that I, I had in mind. 
So let's get it going. Uh, first, we got our Thursday nighter. We got the Bucks at the Philadelphia Eagles with the Bucks favored minus six and a half, and the over under set at a whopping fifty two and a half. Um, I was actually a little shocked to see this over under that high, and uh, I, I hate that we picked the same team. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm going for the reason. I do think Tom Brady's a top five quarterback in the NFL, but this guy's 44 fucking years old. He's one of those guys that wakes up at like 5 a.m. This guy's not a night game kind of guy. Past his bedtime? Past his bedtime, man. Imagine if this guy wakes up that morning too, has morning sex with Giselle. There's absolutely no chance this guy gets enough energy to have this 8, 8, 8 p.m. slate game. I, I'm just going to go with the Eagles on this one. I don't know um, I don't know if he's got uh, energy to have sex with Giselle after mouth-kissing his son for so long. <laughs> but uh, I actually saw we're, we're going to go with 6.5, but I think the spread actually even went to 7. So I really like the Eagles at uh, negative seven or plus 7. So if you're looking to make that bet, uh, go at it. Um, anything you want to add? Uh, I mean, in terms of this game... Uh, I think you nailed the big points. I, I, somebody's got to tell Tom Brady not to show up to a Super Bowl if he can't play at night <laughs> because he might be in trouble. <laughs> I think he's won a few of those before, hasn't he? Um, I don't know, man. He's, he's got some sort of like wheat grass shit that maybe he puts in his shake to get him going. Or maybe he changes... Specifically for the playoffs and Super Bowl, do, he, do mu- you, he must change his TB12 diet. Well, honest, honest question. Do you think when it comes to like Super Bowl week that he would change his sleep schedule? Like he would... Because I actually heard he's like a 5 a.m., 6 a.m. waker-upper. I'm sure in terms of that, maybe he's changing around a little bit. Like, like whenever you're a player playing in a, in a night game, you're changing your schedule up a little bit. It's not the same as usual. Uh, I'm with you on this one. Uh, Tampa kind of, you know, fucked me last week because I thought the Dolphins would cover that spread and they kicked the shit out of them. Uh, but I think Philly can hang in this game. It's a primetime game, and the primetime games have been fairly close this year. So hoping for another good one here. Uh, and we got something to follow along with our Seller Soul Bets. I'll also take the Eagles to cover. All right. Next up, we have the Miami Dolphins at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Dolphins being favored by minus three and the over-under set at 47. Holy fuck, did both these teams look awful last week. I mean, I I think from now on, anytime Derrick Henry faces the Jaguars, I just need to pound whatever his props are. I need to pound him in FanDuel or whatever because the Jaguars just seem to get punked by him and, and just manhandled by Derrick Henry. Uh, last week was no difference. And like you said, the Dolphins got manhandled last week by, by the Bucks. It was embarrassing. Uh, again, probably more of a testament to how bad the Dolphins are, while I do think the Bucks are great. Um, but then again, I'm, I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Trevor Lawrence is kind of getting uh, getting a hang of things. I, I like that he's, he's getting his legs involved. I, again, I just think the Dolphins are not that good, and I think the Jaguars Jaguars are going to win, if not hang within three points of this. Jaguars have lost 20 in a row, so that's a bold take if you think you're going to win this. Uh, was anybody else happier about the John Gruden news than Urban Meyer? <laughs> this guy. Well, technically, we were talking about the race to who's going to get him fired. He resigned, so I'm not counting that as a firing. I don't know if the official odd makers would count as a firing, but it was technically a resignation. I didn't have a bet on that, so I couldn't tell you. But yeah, I mean, Urban Meyer can finally show his face after you know being in hiding for a little while. Uh, maybe grab another grill, just keep it off camera. Uh, yeah, Dolphins obviously got shit pumped last week. I did read that Tua is taking some practice reps this week. If I was to guess, he's probably not all good to go yet. Call, I, me, call me crazy. I don't even think Tua's that much better than Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I need to see more from him healthy. The problem is he's never healthy. And, you know, coming back, it's going to be tough to get back in the mix of things. Uh, if there's a game Jacksonville's going to win this year, I mean, this is this is one of the ones they got a shot. I mean, they're going to get the Texans again, who, who beat the shit out of them week one. Uh, but this is one of the ones they're going to have a shot. Uh, I think they're going to cover that three-point spread. Uh, like you said, Trevor Lawrence seems to be getting a little bit better, you know, minimizing those turnovers. Dolphins' defense has not looked like it did last year at all. They've really disappointed this year. Uh, and, and offensively, I don't know what's going on over there. Brissett's obviously not the guy. He's just kind of been thrown in there. And they got a lot of injuries at receiver right now. They missed Devontae Parker last week, Will Fuller last week. Jalen Wallow's a talent, but he's still a rookie. It's tough to throw all that pressure on a rookie. Uh, I'll take Jacksonville to cover this three-point spread. Sweet. Uh, next up, we have the Minnesota Vikings at the Carolina Panthers with the Vikings favored minus one and the over-under set at 46. Um, I'll let you start off with this one. Yeah, sure. Uh, do we have any news on whether or not Dalvin Cook's going to completely play yet? I know he was close last week. Uh, I don't know that, but I actually don't. Like, 
the way Madison's been playing, I don't even think it's that much of a needle. Uh, I disagree. I, I think Dalvin Cook is still the guy there. Madison's been good. I, I don't think he's not. I don't think Madison is the guy now. What I'm saying is just running back's the most expendable position. I think when you have a really solid RB2, it's not that much of a difference. I get what you're saying, but the Vikings already paid Cook, right? He's already on the team. Once you've already paid the guy, and he is definitely more talented than Madison. That's not my argument, It though. definitely pushes the needle. I agree with your argument that running backs are the least valuable position in football, but Cook is a lot better than Madison, in my opinion. It pushes the needle a bit, and that's why I'll be taking the Vikings by one here. Man, they really kind of crapped the bed last week against the Lions. <laughs> the well, Lions are the ugly, Lions are such a weird win. Yeah, ugly, ugly win. Because your boy Madison kind of fumbled that football and kept kept a kept alive in Survivor. I I had the Vikings pick for Survivor, and you know what? I I hope for that win, but I really want to see the Lions win. Yeah, but Carolina was kind of exposed a little bit last week. Were, uh, I mean, the running were. back that we probably should be talking about here is Christian McCaffrey. It looks like he'll finally be returning to the lineup this week, and he's. We See, all know a, how much yeah, we all know how much of a difference maker Christian McCaffrey is. I do think that Carolina defense is really good, but I mean it's showing how much they miss JC Horn. He was one of the best corners in football when he played this year, and he didn't even it was his rookie year and he only played a few weeks. Uh but yeah, I'm gonna take Minnesota here. I mean, they fucking disappoint me every week and <laughs> probably disappoint me again. I just don't understand how they can't get it all together. And if they don't soon, Zimmer's gonna be on the hot seat. Uh Sam Darnold had a really bad week, so uh, he's got to come back and, and show that early season form. Uh, or otherwise, Carolina, if Carolina starts losing a series of game, maybe they'll be looking at a quarterback. Yep. Well, yeah, uh, like you said, uh, Philly kind of brought Carolina back to the surface, uh, made Sam Darnold look mortal. Uh, DJ Moore, nothing nothing really he, he did in the game. Uh, kind of fucked me a bit on my FanDuel and DraftKings lineups. But It was first first bad game of the year. Every receiver typically has oh, a few of, of those course, a year. Of course, You know, again, I just I like guys who make me money. He, he was not one of those guys. So um, And that uh, Philly pass rush is still really good. And yeah, that, that's why I had them covering the Bucks spread. They are, absolutely. But uh, I'm actually, I'm going to go with Carolina. Carolina, I actually think that they are the better team, and I think they're going to win this game. Uh, I, I do believe that Philly did bring them uh, bring them back to the, the surface, but I still think the Vikings are just not a good team, um, and I'm going with the Panthers. Yeah, it's pretty much a pick em. It's a, It's a tight game. Uh, I'm taking Minnesota, but I do think it's close. Mitchell, I, uh, we completely forgot to do the coin, so we we got we to gotta go with the coin for three straight games. So We're, we're reversing back to Philly to see who the coin All will right, take. Tampa Bay at Philly. Got heads for the home team. Going Philly as well. I could see the coin coming out with a vengeance after being forgotten about. Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm a little afraid. I mean, eight seven one last week for the coin, not too shabby. Miami at Jacksonville going the home team again. Jacksonville. Okay, the coin just copied us three straight or two straight. He knows something we don't. Can uh, the coin make it three in a row? Tails. The coin is going Minnesota. Following your opinion. All right, we'll go with the fourth game: the Los Angeles Rams at the New York Giants, with the Rams favored. Minus ten and a half, and the over/under set at forty-seven and a half. So I'm going to start off and saying uh, by saying, I assume Daniel Jones is playing. Back on the theme of guys that completely fucked me in in in, in Fanduel. <laughs> yeah, way to get concussed, Daniel Jones. Daniel yeah, Jones, asshole. You, yeah, pretty much. If if he would have played through that concussion, easily the caveman of the week. He I, he was my most. He he stumbled coming out of there. So are we going to no, call him? Biggest, an, are we going to call him an anti-football pussy for getting off the field? <laughs> for for trying to stand up and walk through it, and him looking like a fucking high schooler who tried like twelve beers for the first time. It was it was pretty comical. I mean, I don't want to laugh at someone's concussion. I don't know if comical is the word I would use, but it, uh, it's just, it's, it's, he was pretty clearly fucked up. He was not getting yeah, back in that I game. I mean, if he played through that, easy K man. We kind of fucked me in DFS. My most owned quarterback. But I actually think Daniel Jones is a solid player. I think he's one of those players that can keep them in games against a tougher opponent. And that's where that 10.5 point spread comes in. So them being plus 10.5, I think Daniel Jones is the kind of guy who grease out those late score touchdowns. This guy makes plays with his feet. I, I believe that uh, I, I might just go back to the well too, get a lot of them in DFS. And while I do think this Rams defense is really fucking good, I think the Giants are also good enough to cover that 10.5 point spread. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm gonna throw an asterisk on this one. I feel like both of us should have the right to switch to the Rams if Daniel Jones is nope, if, if, if if he's ruled out of the game. Uh, Mike Lennon, Mike Lennon, I have no confidence in. If Mike Lennon's in there, I'm sure the spread will go into like the high teens. Mike Lennon and, and Davis Mills are, are dinosaurs from a lost time that, that still survive. <laughs> Those fucking what? I, I'm what is a no, you know the the that. big neck guy and long neck guy who make these YouTube I tried videos to think together? Velociraptor, but that's no, the guy with like the, the, the wings. I think it's like a 
Brontosaurus. Brontosaurus. Or, uh, one of, I don't know. One, the long neck dinosaur. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm taking the Giants to cover the 10.5, but obviously that's dependent on Daniel Jones being in there. Uh, I did already mention McCain made into the week. Kadarius Tony, he's kind of broken out. It's going to be interesting. If he got digs last week and he kind of gave him some work, it's probably going to get Ramsey this week, and that's probably the best corner in the well, NFL. Well, I mean, you got to keep in mind Sterling Shepard's back, and while Sterling Shepard is very injury-prone, he is a very solid uh, receiver, and I would say he's the rece- wide receiver one in this team. Yeah, I'm going to... with Galladay gone. I'm going to disagree. I think Tony's a, a way better talent. I think yeah. Shepard is really, I'm really so solid. i of your fucking Kadarius Tony praise. <laughs> he had one good game. He's had two good games in a row. I think he's a way better talent. He was drafted as such, and he's done things that Shepard can't do and that's why they drafted a receiver in the first round but I actually like Shepard I think Shepard's a very solid NFL pro I think he's a really good number three receiver maybe even a solid number two on a lot of teams like the Falcons would love a Shepard as a number two uh but to, to, to continue what I was getting at here uh yeah I mean I got I got the Giants covering assuming Daniel Jones is in the game he's in there making throws doing his uh his vanilla Vic running the football uh, keeping them honest, the Rams have been fucking good, though, man. They they, they proved us to, to us again last week. They came back after the Cardinals' loss. Finally using Robert Woods in addition to Cup, so they can beat you a, a number of ways on offense. And Darrell Henderson, like, he's been really, really good this year. That system's built, so any running back in there is going to go and make plays, rush for touchdowns. Like you said, too, I mean, if, if Darrell Henderson's out, I'm actually I'm confident. In no, Hen- Henderson's out. Is, uh, no, no, I'm saying if he is. Um, looking like another week where the camera is just not going to agree with us. But again, you, you probably don't want to see our ugly faces. It's a nice little freeze frame of us right now. We'll just play it out with you without the camera. Um, we'll make sure sure to throw some great videos in there for you guys watching on YouTube. <laughs> so yeah, um, I agree with you. I think the Rams are really good, but it, it comes down to the uh, 10.5 point spread. Uh, so let's see what the coin says. Tails for away. The coin is going the Los Angeles Rams. So disagreeing with us. I think the coin knows that Daniel Jones is really fucking concussed. Uh, next up, we have the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts, with the Colts being favored by minus nine and a half, and the over/under set at forty-two and a half. It's um, it's pretty crazy because, like, Indy losing last week, it was probably the best game of football we've seen them play all week. I mean, they did kind of collapse in the second half, but they look really good in that first half. Um, Carson Wentz had his best game of the year. I've been talking shit about this guy all year. He went through for, I think, 400 yards. Good for you, Wentz. Yeah, I mean, Stop running into sacks. St- I think he still did it a few times and got sack fumbled. But Yeah, credit to Wentz. Uh, finally playing to his potential. Uh, but I, I'm going to go with Houston in this one. Uh, again, all about that uh, that spread. Minus 9.5 just seems too much. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the Patriots-Houston game when it gets to the Patriots. But... Houston uh, played well. Davis Mills' best game as a as a, as a uh, is that is that the best rookie performance against a Bill Belichick defense yeah, pretty, ever? Pretty, pretty it was like three hundred thirty yards and three pretty touchdowns. Fu- pretty fucking crazy. Mills I, Mafia lives. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with the Houston Texans. I think they're good enough to keep it within maybe seven or eight, and I think that's gonna be the story. It's also worth mentioning this over under at forty two and a half. I'm, I'm loving the over. I am loving the over on this one. So um, I know, Mitchell, you don't want to listen to his overrunners, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to probably parlay this over with the next two games, which I'll talk about. So who, who do you have in this one? Yeah, I got Indy taking this by 9.5. You know, I'm a big narrative guy. They had Baltimore on the ropes. They had them by their throats, and they kind of choked the game away. Uh, I think Baltimore's obviously a much better team than the Texans, and, the, and the Indy was really giving Baltimore that work. Uh, I think Colts are way better than the Patriots this year. Uh, their offense can do things. Their defense is still pretty solid. Uh, I think their defense has enough talent to make Mills kind of look like an idiot again as a rookie. Uh, and t- other than that, uh, T.Y. Hilton looking like he might be back this week. He's practicing again. Something to keep an eye on. I would bet they probably maybe give him another week to rest. But if he's back, that's going to be a big addition for Wentz. Uh, oh, by the way, catch of the week. Shout out to... Uh, Michael Pittman, the guy just absolutely mossed the guy and ran it twenty yards for a touchdown afterwards. Yeah, I really like Pittman, man. He's he's got the he's got the size and uh, and get up ability to make those catches. Wow, they got the catch of the week and the greaser in the week in the same team. That's oh. a t- that's a tough team to be Jack, right there. Jack, oh, Jack, oh, John John Taylor's look fantastic, by the way. Yes. Uh, and there's really not much to talk about in the Texans. They had a cool flea flicker against the uh, Patriots, I guess. Oh, I, I, I'm literally going to be sick to my stomach. <laughs> yeah, I, I expected the Pats defense to stifle the Texans and was really surprised they didn't. Uh, we'll see if the Texans can keep it up. I say no, so I'll take Colts. All right. Coin going heads for home. They like the Colts as well. 
So um, next up, we have the Los Angeles Chargers at the Baltimore Ravens with a 52-point over-under. I got to say, I was shocked to see the over-under. I know Baltimore just had that ridiculous performance, but the Chargers look really fucking good. To see Baltimore favored by, by three, it, it seems ridiculous to me because I, I like the Chargers in this one. I think they're going to win it outright. I think they're the better team. And Brandon Staley's just walking around with two massive sets of balls. Um, I mean, I, I guess that means he has four testicles he's walking around with now that I mention it. But, uh, yeah, I just... In I my head, I'm, he's just got one huge testicle. <laughs> one massive basketball-sized testicle he's rolling around with. Um, I, I just think that the Ravens are now a little overrated. Like, this is the same team that almost lost to Detroit. Uh, I just, I think the Chargers are a much better team. Um, I got to go with the Chargers. And I'm also going to say the 52-point over-under, smash the fucking over. Just like the last two, or last game, I'm going to I'm gonna parlay the over in this game with the uh, Houston and Indy over-under. Yeah, I mean, both those teams went over huge last week. Uh, this, this almost feels like a rat poison game by Vegas here. Like, they know... They, they set the poison for us. They know everyone's going to take the Chargers. And fuck, God damn it, they got me because I'm taking the Chargers here. I don't understand how they are three-point underdogs. You would think they'd be favorites, if anything. There's actually a rat poison game I'm going to predict later in the in the slate. But yeah, I agree with you. I this, think- this seems like rat poison, and I'm taking the rat poison. It seems it seems like too easy. And when it's, when it's, when it's too easy, Vegas always knows best. When it's too easy, something's up. They must know something about this game that we don't. I'm taking the Chargers by three, but I'm... I'm very suspicious going into it. Yeah, we're, uh, we're drinking the Kool-Aid, dying with the public cult, that is. Yeah, I, I guarantee the public is going to be 90% Chargers here. Yeah. Uh, Mike Williams has been the best receiver this year. Keenan Allen is still a filthy route runner. He's, I think he's you know fourth in the NFL receptions. Had a nice catch last game, too, You know, showing a, his ability again. Yeah, Herbert and Eckler have been unbelievable. That offense is nice. And the thing is, the defense has actually been pretty good this year. I know they got – you know you know what? I'm thinking about it now. They got run over by the Browns. That's probably why why they got uh, the Ravens as the favorite. They're the best rushing team in the NFL. But then again, you look at the Chargers, and they fucking clobbered this Browns defense. Like, Browns defense were, were hyped up to be an elite defense, and the Chargers just willingly went down the field. No, it's them. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hypothetically, they should be able to do the same to the Ravens. I know the Ravens have some ballers on defense, uh, think- but we'll see what happens here. Lamar Jackson's had a fantastic year. Marquise Brown has been unbelievable. Like, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the game, it's like both teams are in the 30s. Like, that's, that's why I, I look at this. 52-point over-under, and I fucking love the over. If if the Ravens traded running backs with the Texans for a day, would anybody notice? <laughs> These guys are just like, hey, let's let's have this platoon of four running backs that all suck and sub them throughout the game. Yeah, I uh, mean, even Devontae Freeman was – I mean, he, he was looking a little nimble on those catches late in the game. He did have one little uh, jock. He had a nice little juke pretty, on, pretty on the catches. Pretty crazy that he's the best pass-catching running back in your team. Probably not a good sign. Yeah, uh – I don't love either of those teams running backs is what I was getting at, which is kind of hilarious when you consider that the Ravens are the best rushing team in the league. Shout out Lamar Jackson. We'll take the poison. I'm taking the poison on this one. I'll take the Chargers, and I'm, I'll cry when the uh, when the Ravens win by 10. I have a feeling the, the coin is going with that, that Vegas, the Vegas rat poison going against it, and I'm right. The, uh, the coin is teaming up with Vegas this week and going to fuck us. They're going Baltimore. Vegas gave the coin a tip. Uh, next up, we have the Cincinnati Bengals at the Detroit Lions, with the Bengals being favorited by minus three and the over/under set at forty-seven and a half. I just gotta mention right now, I'm, I'm probably not gonna parlay this, but you know, two overs in a row, I gotta be a little bit of a cop. I'm going the under on this one, and I'm also going with Detroit. I mean, Detroit just greasing these uh, these close games against. Much better teams than the Bengals. So why is it going to be any different? Um, they've played way tougher teams closer. Um, I could totally see this being Detroit's first win. Um, while I do think it's justifiable that the Bengals are favored by minus three, the Detroit Lions have, have been looking pretty solid. But last time I did say this, they ended up uh, getting smacked. But uh, <laughs> uh, I just think that the, the Bengals aren't that good. And... The Detroit Lions will surprise people. What do Bengals, you think? you're not that guy, pal. Uh, I say I, that. I also feel like this is going to be a game finishing in like the teens. It'll be like 14 to 17 or something ridiculous. One of those greasy, low-scoring games. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking the Bengals minus three. I think they. Well, I mean, you could have said anyone would have won that Packers game, but they fucking played the Packers tough, man. They played the Packers a lot tougher than the Lions did. Uh, man, that Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase combo has been unbelievable to start this year. 
Uh, Joe Mixon clearly wasn't full healthy, uh, fully healthy last week. That definitely hurt him. Uh, that receiving core is still nice. That defense has been surprisingly good. They're three and two. Could have easily been four and one. I think they're a fringe playoff team. I think maybe they're not good enough to make it this year. Lions are like we've talked about it. Scrappy team. They they find a way to stick close with everyone. Uh, I just I, other than the one random Thursday nighter when they kind of shit the bet against Jacksonville and came back and won. Like Cincy's looked really good this year. Uh, so for that reason, I will take Cincy minus three. Uh, as always, while the Lions are grinders. Don't trust their offense. They they lost some more receivers last week. I, I think they lost Cephas after they already lost Tyrell Williams. Uh, so well, right now they're going with Amon Ross St. Brown as their number one. Realistically, it's it's Khalif Raymond. I think he might even be injured. I think I read something about. It. Maybe I'm wrong. I think, uh, I think you're wrong. Uh, really, really realistically, it's Hawkinson who's their number one, and it's DeAndre Swift who also gets a ton of targets out of the backfield. It's also worth mentioning. Have you seen some of the hits Joe Burrow's taken this season, man? Like he needs to do a better job protecting himself. Like this guy is is not gonna be. He's gonna have an Andrew Luck like career if he keeps taking hits the way he is. It's like you read the the quote from Aaron Rodgers where he told him to watch the uh, watch taking those hits. But yeah, I mean Burrow ended up in the hospital after the game. He he does need to slide more. You're not Lamar Jackson. You can't make people miss like that. So hopefully Joe Burrow took Aaron Rodgers' comments to heart and he does actually slide more because he's definitely an arm talent. Oh yeah, and uh, I, I did call the Bengals um, winning against the Packers last week, and they fucked me. I mean that that overtime field goal just made me cringe, and I should have had that uh, that game over you, and we would have been tied last week. But it is what it is. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Eh? Uh, so we'll see what the coin says. The coin is going tails. The coin is going Cincinnati as well. So next up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs at the Washington football team, with the Chiefs being favored minus seven and the over/under set at fifty-five and a half. All right, now I got to go away away from the cop movements. I'm going over for this one too. While fifty-five and a half is a lot of points, I just think people have been abusing this Washington defense. It's not the defense we thought it was going into the season. And the Chiefs are the defense we did think that it was going into the season. Even worse. Uh, the Chiefs are horrible. Taylor Heineke looks a lot better than uh, perceived. I actually believe Taylor Heineke has potential to keep this job even when Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back. He's actually looked very solid. I also, you got to look into that uh, revenge narrative for uh, for Kansas City. But... Um, What's the revenge narrative for Kansas City? Or, I'm, I'm just saying Patrick Mahomes does not like losing games. And, oh, like, oh well, don't take my talking points. I mean, obviously he, he wants to come back. But I got to mention this right now. Why I am going the over, I have to mention that this Washington defense is actually finally uh, pressuring quarterbacks. I think over the past three games, they've pressured the quarterback more than any team in the NFL. Might have to do with those high-scoring games and a lot of passing going on. But um, um, Washington is probably going to get some pressure on, on Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to go Washington plus seven. And I do think Chiefs win this game. Patrick Mahomes finds a way to win. But uh, I, I got a Washington covering. You really have to find a way to win against Washington, I think. Uh, Especially when you're as talented as the Chiefs. I think these are probably the, the Chiefs defense... Thanks. Yeah, I mean, so does the so does the football team's defense nah, right now. They've I, I been actually, getting they've been getting passed all over. I think they've been getting a bad rap. Based on what? They've been smoked the last few weeks. Based on the stat that I just provided you, I think they're trending better than they are. Like I I don't think they're a bottom a bottom like 10 defense. I think they're they're kind of middle middle of the line. Well, and I don't know where you the, got that from cuz I just saw the Saints pass all over them. I just saw the Falcons pass all over. I'm talking about them. pressure on the quarterback. I know what you're saying. Obviously, they're not the defense that we thought they were, but what I am saying is is they're trending upwards, and it's all about the uh, the defensive line, the the pressure for them, and they're starting to do that. Well, you can get pressure all you want as long as the secondary is busting in the back end and they're getting beat off the top. It doesn't matter. Uh, and if there's any team that could beat you deep, it's going to be KC. KC's going to beat them by 27. They're not going to beat them by 7. They're angry after last week. The Bills outclassed them. Uh, that call at the end really made it no contest. They are going to absolutely crush the football team this week. Uh, I actually do agree with you on Heineke. I mean, he struggled last week against the Saints, but he has looked pretty good. Uh, if he looks good in here and maybe for a few more weeks, maybe he can keep the job over Fitzpatrick. I think I said last week they're, they're pretty much the same guy. Uh, hilarious players who just kind of run around and toss it deep. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to take KC minus seven here for sure. Uh, I just think they're, they're while they're reeling after last week, they need this win more than anything. And they're still, you know – the. A, they were in the Super Bowl last year. They won the Super Bowl two years ago. This team's too talented not to get it together. 
Uh, and they're getting back a healthy Frank Clark, which has really been missing from their pass rush. Because what made them a solid defense was Matthew, Frank Clark, Chris Jones. So you have those three playing at the top of their game. I think their defense can improve, hopefully even slightly. I'm a big Tyron Matthew fan. I mean, he's been a follower of the page, but I hate to say it. I think he's he's lost a step. And then it's pretty funny. I, I saw like a compilation on YouTube of him getting mad at uh, Sorensen for just completely b- busting coverages. But yeah, I, I just think this, this Chiefs defense is going to stop them from winning a Super Bowl. Uh, see what the coin thinks. Heads for Washington. Next up, we have the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears with the Packers favor, uh, favorited by minus 4.5 and, and the over-under over set at 45. Uh, before we get to this, I just want to mention uh, that's going to be the last of the over-unders I predict. So it's over for the KC Washington game, under for the Cincinnati Detroit game, over for the Chargers Baltimore game, and over for the Houston Indianapolis game. So, anyways, going back to this Packers and Chicago game, um, I'm going with the Chicago. I. I Said it last week, I think Green Bay is overrated, and I think this Bears team's a little underrated. While I'm not completely sold on Justin Fields yet, I do believe they're going to put a game plan where they're playing conservative football, they're letting their defense do the work, and Justin Fields is going to is going to be doing a heavy dose of rushing. They're going to do the stick in the read options, the design runs, and they're just kind of going to grind this game out. It's going to come down to how, how many points Aaron Rodgers can put up, but again, I just think this Bears, the Bears team is... is underrated and the Packers are overrated. What do you think? Uh, I love the Packers. I think I've been picking them every single week since week one. I'm not, I'm looking at your pick right now. Uh, hey, I was going to get to that. Uh, I love the Packers. I've been rolling with them, but you can only revide the week one revenge narrative for so long. Uh, I think they probably still win this game and move to 5-1. and one. However, this is a division game. Chicago's and, defense and is good. Uh is it? It's a. It's a Bears home game. It's at. It's at uh, Bears Stadium, Soldier Field. Yeah, at Soldier Field. Uh, like I said, you can only ride that narrative for so long. I think the Saints showed that Green Bay can be stopped. Chicago's a talented enough defense to give them, you know, kind of some similar. Pro- Nobody's going to stop the Packers like that was stopped Week One, but Chicago can give them similar kinds of problems with their mix of pass rush and and, and talent in the secondary and Roquan Smith in the middle. Uh, I've got the Bears to cover this four and a half point spread. Probably lose the game unless the Chicago passing offense can finally get going. Because God, that passing offense has sucked this year. Like Justin Fields isn't gonna be able to pass for 120 yards against the Packers and win the game like he did against the Raiders. They're gonna have to get it going through the air. They're probably gonna be playing from behind a little bit. So they need to get some A. Rob going. They need to get some Darnell Mooney going. If they're able to do that, they have a chance at staying close in this game. Uh, and shout out to Damian Williams and, and uh, Khalil Herbert because both those uh, running backs looked pretty solid in that game last week. Yeah, credit to them. Um, yeah, no knock on on David Montgomery, but again, that's the kind of expendable position the running back is. Both of them look great. Um, so yeah, you you got Chicago. We'll see what the points. I got them to cover. Sorry, Green Bay. Uh, you you've been good to me for the past four weeks, but uh, this is the week I'll pick against you. Coin looking to make up some ground going Green Bay in this one against both of us. So next up, this is probably the most head-scratching odd maker. Like, I was a little kerfuffled about the uh, Chargers game. Yeah, I just used that word. Pretty impressive for a caveman. But um, we got Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Cleveland Browns, and the over-under set at minus three for the Browns. I was <gasps> completely shocked. I mean, I know it's, a, it's an away game for the Cardinals, but a lot of people are saying this Cardinals team is the best in the NFL. Undefeated, only undefeated team in football. So I'm, I'm looking at this. I just don't know how the, the Browns are going to be able to cover that minus three spread. Obviously, I don't think the Cardinals are going to win every game, but I don't think it's going to be the Browns they're, they're going to lose to. I think Arizona wins this game outright, and um, I, I think Kyler Murray is, is going to be doing his, his midget stuff against this team. I mean, if, if Justin Herbert's going to... Sl- Sling it against them. I, I can't imagine Kyler Murray's not going to be doing anything different. I believe this will be a pretty high-scoring affair, and I think the Cardinals are going to end up pulling pulling away with the win. Yeah, I think every team has down weeks, and I think you talked about the rat poison game. Like this is the rat poison game of rat poison games. You got to figure like everybody in the public is going to be on Cardinals to cover this two-point spread. I'm going to go the opposite. Last time I took the Chargers, I went with the rat poison. This time I'm going to take the Browns. I think, like, I know they obviously had a shit week against the Chargers. I just can't see them. They're too talented to let that happen again. 
if anybody's able to sack Kyler Murray, there's not many people that can do it. You gotta think it's Miles Garrett, right? One of the best pass rushers. I don't in the know, NFL. man. Miles Garrett only sacks racists. If Mason Rudolph was the quarterback for the Cardinals, he's coming out of there with five sacks in the game. Yeah, I mean, well, true. Uh, I th- and I also read something about Kyler Murray kind of getting banged up towards the end of last game. Well, uh, the guy is five foot five. What do you expect? That might have something to do with this spread here, right? Like Kyler Murray was, ah. he was one of the MVP front runners towards the beginning of last year, probably the first half of some, last year. Some good detective work from the game. Yeah, got got banged up and all of a sudden fell off, right? And that's when the Cardinals really started to fall off last year. Heard he was a little banged up at the end of last game. Maybe that plays a part in this spread. Uh, but if Cleveland is to you know win by three or more, I'll, I get it. You're one of the best rushing teams of football. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are both fantastic. Your O-line's great. You cannot get away with what they've been doing with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield needs to be better. He but needs to find Mitchell, a way to hit his guys. He had a phenomenal game last week. Like You talked about how Browns had a, had a blow-up week last week. They looked bad, but... I'd say that offense probably looked the best they have all season last. last the week. offense still looked great, but Baker Mayfield still isn't rolling on all cylinders yet. He he hit David and Joku a couple times in some coverage break uh, breakdowns, but mostly it was still the running game. I think when the running game gets stopped, you got to find a way to pass the ball, and I still haven't seen that yet from the Browns. I don't think you're going to be able to only run against the Cardinals. I think they're too talented for that. Uh, time will tell. I'm going to take Cleveland minus three here, though. Fair enough. We'll see what the coin says. The coin is going for the home team. They're going Cleveland as well. So next up, we have the Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos, with the Broncos being favored by minus three and a half, and the over-under set at 44. So um, I'll, I'll let you kick off this one since I've gone a few straight. Yeah, uh, I would say... I mean, you'd think the Raiders would be able to cover the three and a half. They were just undefeated before dropping two in a row and against some really good teams. Uh, I just think with everything going on with the Raiders right now, a lot of distractions. Uh, There's going to be some turmoil. They lost their head coach who was also actually, like, I know they have an offensive coordinator in Greg Olson, but, I mean, realistically, John Gruden was the guy calling the plays, right? Uh, Next door neighbor to Derek Carr, they got along. Uh, A lot of that stuff is coming from Gruden, in my opinion. And I think there's just going to be so much going on. Like, you, you could push it, put it either way, like, hey, they want to get that stuff in the news behind them and play a sick game, but I think it's more likely they're distracted. They're too focused on what's going on with Gruden. There's so much stuff going on there. I think the Broncos, they're another team, right, who started the season great and have kind of disappointed since. I think they, they kind of right the ship this week. Got to get the run game going, and the Raiders are probably the team to do it on. They've actually been surprisingly good on pasty. Uh, so, you know, a healthy dose of Javante Williams, a healthy dose of Melvin Gordon. Teddy Bridgewater needs to return to what he was doing the first first few weeks. Uh, I think they will uh, win by three and a half or more. Uh, Broncos defense is good enough to stop those guys that the Raiders has on O. Uh, and I think they'll be able to get the run game going here. See, I've actually, man, the, the, the beginning of the season, I was so high in the Broncos. I eventually put them in the top, th- top 10 in my power rankings. Uh, I thought they were going to win against the Ravens, and they just have disappointed me ever since. Uh, I'm, I was wrong about Denver, and I'm, I'm going to change my tune. Now, while you're the kind of guy, if you stick with your opinion the whole time, you can't be wrong, I'm, I'm going to change it up this time. I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders um, plus 3.5. I'm going with the opposite end of the spectrum of what you're saying, too. I think when you, you talk about John Gruden obviously calling the plays, I think with him gone, uh, a new... Uh, new guy calling the plays. I think that opens up the playbook. I think they're not afraid to throw in some trick plays. I wouldn't be shocked if we see any of that nonsense. Um, I like the Raiders in this one, and I think they're gonna at least keep it in with keep it within a field goal. I just think a lot less spider two banana uh, spider two y bananas can only hurt. <laughs> I also think that there's the Raiders are gonna be thinking there's no chance that we're gonna let John Gruden call us a bunch of anti football pussies. They're gonna play for that. And I'm also curious, you think John Gruden is at home watching this game, like just rooting for them to get fucked up, or he's just thinking, I'm not watching football for the rest of the year? No, I, I would bet the Raiders are still his guys. I don't think he blames the players, and those are the guys he chose to keep on the team. He probably doesn't even blame Mark Davis. Mark Davis didn't have a choice in getting rid of him. He probably blames the media, right? Uh, I think he's he's probably, if I was to guess, I'm just guessing, he's probably like, how the why the fuck did I send those messages? Or maybe he truly, truly mean it. Uh, and, yeah, I'm sure he blames, you know, Twitter, social media, that kind of sort of stuff. I mean, blame yourself a little too there, buddy. But uh, let's see what the coin says. The coin went heads for Denver. Next up, I mean, I, I, I it's going to pay me talking about this. I know we won last week, but we got the 
Dallas Cowboys at the New England Patriots with the Cowboys being favored by minus four and the over-under set at 51. So um, this is actually the rat poison game I was talking about. Oh, really? Speak, well, obviously there's a couple, but uh, you would have thought the Cowboys would have been favored by m- more than uh, minus four, right? Like, am I crazy? Like, I thought it would have been, been closer to, like, a touchdown. Yeah, I think uh, I see what you're saying. Obviously, the Pats struggled last week against the Texans, but maybe Vegas is looking at, well, when they played a really good team like the Bucks, they were still able to keep it close. They're a really well-coached team despite, I don't want to say lack of talent, but they're not you know, the talented team they've been in the past. I think Vegas realizes, hey, they're going to find a way to keep this close because of that, the, the, the ability they have coaching the football and putting their guys in the right spot. So yeah, like going going back to last week, the New England Patriots were down four starting offensive linemen. Obviously, that you can't blame the whole game on that because there's no way Davis Mills should be that successful against our defense. But um, I just think this game it's a trap game for Dallas. This is the rat poison I'm talking about. I think the public is going to be heavy on the Dallas Cowboys, and like you said, the Patriots know how to play tough against good teams. I think this is a, a week where the Patriots kind of strut their stuff i think this is a team where they kind of get back into contention as a legitimate maybe sneak into the playoff team and and i have the patriots plus four in this game yeah uh i guess i'm one of the idiots in the public who's gonna go with dallas here uh i know it's the nfl and anything can happen in any given week but after looking how good dallas looked last week and how bad new england looked last week it's just hard for me not to take dallas here minus four and I can't blame If Davis Mills is passing all over you, what's Dak Prescott going to do when he comes to town with that great running back group and that great group of receivers and Dalton Schultz, who all of a sudden looks like a stud? Yeah, I mean, it, I was hoping I could get the Patriots, like, plus seven, but wasn't the case. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to be drinking that Kool-Aid. I'm going with you. Hey, I get it. I just – we need to see Mac Jones – throw the football consistently and i haven't seen that from mac jones yet i think he's been efficient and he's minimizing mistakes but what's going to happen when you know new england's down 14 points can he you know be the guy who actually makes those deep passes he hasn't really had to do that yet this year you're right and it's also worth mentioning my man jacoby myers has not scored a single touchdown in his career i mean it's due to come this could be the game i think he got on the two yard line last game yeah. great throws a damn good ball though yeah he's, he's i think he's got a couple passing tids but yeah he does not have that receiving bill game. belichick loves converted college quarterbacks it's 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 wild doesn't make much sense to me but uh seems to be I'll working for him yeah, he's the best receiver on the team uh, widely enough um so next up we have the seattle seahawks at the pittsburgh steelers with the steelers being favored by minus four and a half and the over under set at a low bar of 42 and a half which makes sense with Geno Smith in. So um, I'm going to say it right now. I think Geno Smith looked pretty solid. Have we fallen for this trick before? I think it, it, it we have, but uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Seahawks in this game. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers should be favorited by this much. I think people are forgetting because of one okay game that big Ben Roethlisberger is still a fucking bum this season. I still think he's trash, and I, I think he's going to get exposed again, not from a great Seattle defense, but from a Seattle defense that knows how to how to, how to abuse this uh, this guy. I think that Seattle is going to grind this one out. I don't want to touch this over-under because it, it could be... It could be one of those, again, one of those teens games for, for both of them. But uh, I believe that uh, Geno Smith looks good enough to keep it within a field goal at least. And crazy enough, I, the money line for the Seattle Seahawks looks kind of intriguing. What about you? Well, it's kind of a must-win game for both teams, right? I think they're both 2-3 oh, yeah. they're both two and three now. Uh, so Geno Smith is one of those guys I never thought I'd see again. Like He started with the, the, uh, the Jets, obviously, back in the early 2010s. Was a stud in college, first of all. I think it was a second-round pick. I thought he was going to be good in the NFL. Never happened. Got punched in the face. Broke his jaw. Left the team. Uh, and then you mentioned a few weeks ago, right? Like, he, he kind of had that one random start with the Giants. And then I thought he was blasted off into space and we'd never see him again. But uh, here he is, right? Russell Wilson had played so many games in a row. Uh, obviously had that uh, bad middle finger injury. Uh, Just bad luck. Probably going to try to force his way off the team again. Sorry, Seahawks fans. Uh, having said all that, yeah. What are the chances Russell Wilson doesn't eat, like they're they're not in contention for the playoffs? He just says fuck it, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back for this season. I'm not coming back to the team ever. Uh, maybe. Uh, the, the timeline's 48 weeks on the injury, so hard to say. Uh, if they're somehow able to get to even football, I would bet you he comes back. If they're two and eight or something like that, maybe that's a little ridiculous. Maybe they're two and seven, two and six. Maybe he says fuck it. Uh, but yeah, I, I I've actually. I, having said all that about the Seahawks, I've, I've got Pittsburgh winning this before and a half or more. 
Uh, I think the, the Steelers are a tough team to grind it out on, man. Like, this is a tough team to run the football on. Uh, and Seattle's already having a big enough or hard enough time running the football as it is. Alex Collins didn't really look good last week. Chris Carlson, Chris Carson's got some sort of neck stinger or neck injury. It looks like he's going to play, but maybe he doesn't. If you've got your backup running back and your backup quarterback against a pretty tough Steelers D that has a healthy TJ Watt now, you're probably going to have a bad time. This is a Sunday night game too, right? You just pull a South Park reference. Uh, if you if you Geno Smith when you're supposed to wrestle Wilson, you're probably going to have a bad time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is the Sunday nighter. Yeah, this is Sunday nighter. My God, what a shit Sunday night game. I think you'd be surprised. I, uh, I, I think it's going to be an interesting one. I, I, I got this lined up as a shit game. Uh, <laughs> the Steelers are a pretty boring team to watch. They lost Juju smith shooter for the year, but I think their defense is still good, uh, especially with a healthy TJ Watt. Uh, just man, Big Ben's boring to watch. Najee Harris pretty solid. Uh, Deontay Chase Claypool, Johnson, Deontay Johnson, both Chase Claypool great. and Deontay Johnson both good. James Washington has been okay at times. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna take Pittsburgh minus four and a half here because I don't know the health of Carson and I don't like uh, Geno Smith. All right, the coin is going Pittsburgh as well. So then the uh, the final game of the slate Monday nighter, which actually I think is going to be pretty interesting, and a lot would uh, might classify this as a track game as well. It is the Buffalo Bills at the Tennessee Titans, with the Bills being favored at minus five and a half, and the over under set at fifty four. So um, I'm gonna go straight up and say it. I think the Bills, while I said potential track game, are going to slap the shit out of the Tennessee Titans. I've been saying it. I think the Tennessee Titans are not that good. I don't think uh, actually Julio Jones did practice on Wednesday. So he looks like he's going to play. He, he he might be playing, but I think it all comes down to if Buffalo can stop Derrick Henry, the Tennessee Titans don't stand a chance, and we've seen it. Josh Allen just abuses every single defense he plays against, except for Week One. But uh, I just think we the, forgot about that. We'll, we won't talk about that. I'm mean, yeah, throwaway game, but uh, I just think burn the tape. Titans defense is shit, and, and Josh Allen is going to go fucking ballistic on this team. Uh, I got Buffalo Bills covering that minus 5.5 spread, and they're going to cover it handily. What about you? Yeah, I got the Bills covering this too, uh, mostly because Titans have been ripped apart through the air. And if, if Zach, Zach Wilson's having his career game against you, you don't want Josh Allen rolling the town. Uh, Bills have been firing on all cylinders. I could see this as a letdown game. They're coming off a Sunday night game last week. They're going to another night game this week. That's not your Bills usually don't have two night games in a row. They they haven't been this good in a long time since the early nineties. But man, the Bills are so fucking good. They're so talented on defense. Uh, they they if you're getting two interceptions and all these sacks against the Chiefs, like man, you watch out NFL offenses. That is a stacked defense, and it and it's scary because their offense is just as good. They could realistically finish with both a top five offense, top five defense, and that is that's that doesn't happen very often. Like that's a crazy thing to happen. Uh, like you said, it looks like Julio Jones is inching towards playing this game. Uh, looks like while well, AJ Brown played last week, he'll be a bit healthier this week. Derrick Henry is obviously still the big dog and you know one of the better talents in the NFL. Ryan Tannehill's been a little off this week, or sorry, this year. If he's going to get it together, it seems like this is going to be a tough game to do it, right? Like, even with a healthy Julio, a healthy AJ, like, this is a tough defense to get going on. Uh, for that reason, I will take the Bills. Uh, they've looked fantastic on both sides. Zach Moss has looked great. He's taking, a, you know, a bigger snap share now. He's running the ball great, catching the ball great. They're just too good of a team all around. Hopefully, this isn't the trap game I think it will be. And, uh, yeah, I've got Buffalo taking this by five and a half. Sweet. Well, we'll see what the coin says. Oh, a nice roll. Nobody circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. The coin is agreeing with going Buffalo. So I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Give me your top five teams in the NFL in order. I'll, I'll go first to give you time to collect your thoughts. I think I'm going to go Buffalo number one. Like you said, top five offense, top five defense. Number two, very tight between uh, Cardinals and Rams. But I go Cardinals two, Rams three, Bucks four, and then five is where it gets tricky. I might give it to the Ravens, but even the Chiefs, it's hard to discount them. I think Chiefs are probably around that five to seven range. What would you say? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's so hard to rank them this early. I'll go, I mean, Bills have got to be number one. Uh, I know the Cardinals beat the Rams, so this doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to go Rams two. Kind of going, go, kind of going chalk here, but I'll, I'll go Cardinals four. 
So you going three? You just skipped three. Yeah, I know. I just skipped three. I'm coming back to it. I'm. I'm gonna, ah, man, is Dallas a top five team? They they playing like it. Tough to say. Is are the Chargers a top? Five? There's some like uh, you, Chargers too. Yeah. You look yeah, at yeah. the Chargers. You look at the Ravens. You look at the Browns. All these teams are so close. I think Casey's right behind them. I mean, th- that's really the cream of the crop, in my opinion. I'm probably forgetting a team here. I know the Packers have been. So good. would you would you put the Browns over the Chiefs? In a hypothetical power ranking right now, I think they're playing better football. But, I mean, who do I want at the end of the year? It's probably going to end up being the Chiefs. I mean, if their defense plays better. But, um, yeah, sure. Um, All right. So, before we sign off, I mean, uh, looking forward to the Thursday nighter. Hoping, like we both have Philly covering here. Hoping Philly can keep it tight. And we're obviously going to be watching those sell our soul bets of the week. So, we can continue that undefeated streak we got going. And, yeah, just for the record, for, uh, you know, the people following my uh, my DFS journey... Man, Jalen Hurts in that game looks very intriguing. That rushing upside, I'm probably going to own a lot of Jalen Hurts in my DFS lineups. And if you guys are playing, you should own them too. Well, do uh, you got anything else you want to add, or Elise? Uh, no, uh, your over-unders mean nothing. So if you guys are paying attention to his over-unders, you guys are fools. Pay attention to my over-unders and not this bums. Good thing I didn't make any this week. Well, I'll continue beating him in the head-to-head standings. Completely fine with me. Thanks for watching. Loyal K-Man followers, as always. Looking forward to the game tonight. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the week and yeah. the slates, everyone. A little struggle from him. Uh, we just downloaded the new Left 4 Dead game called Back for Blood, and we will be playing the shit out of oh, that before, Yeah, before we sign off, also going to Baton Rouge, LSU, Florida this weekend. Going to be a hell of a college football game. Uh, it will be interesting. 100,000 fans live at Tiger Stadium, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Pretty wild. Didn't you say the game starts at like 11 a.m.? I think it's 11 a.m. Eastern, 12 uh, their time, so noon kickoff. Would have been sick as a night game, hit, hitting those tailgates. Probably not quite Buffalo Bills status, but uh, I'm sure it'll be a great time regardless. Yeah, I mean, the, the 9 a.m. wake up and drink, never a bad thing. Maybe on, on uh, weekdays when you're trying to get a, a work week going, but it uh, should be a fun time. Have fun. Uh, I guess I'll have to enjoy the football games with someone else. Get uh, get drunk with someone else. But uh, anyways, appreciate you guys listening. Talk to you later. See you later. Peace.